Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I don't know. Can you guys hear me? Hold on. Can you guys hear me now? Hold on. Is this better? My microphone's acting up. So I'm just going to wait and see if people can actually hear me. Great. So being simple. Simplicity is always the answer, and that is the theme of today. It's February 8th, 2021. And when people complicate things and tell you to see things from different perspectives that you know is wrong, in your gut you know it's wrong, then walk away. Um, I've been very, very, very busy. And I yesterday, since I was so busy, all I did was watch. And I watched something that I knew was going to occur. And... I waited for it. And that's because if you understand the way humans think, you understand what their hindrances are. And I saw it come forward, moving forward with these um, quo warrantos. I saw exactly what I was expecting to see. So today, I want you guys to understand this that in the end, all warfare, either that be physical or spiritual or psychological, is based on deception, right? We deceive. When we are able to attack, we have to seem like we can't attack, right? So when we're using our strength and our power and our forces, we have to look like we're not doing anything. When we're near... We must make what? Them think that we're far away. We're totally off the mark. Because if they think that we're off the mark, if they think that we're unable to do something, then guess what? When we strike, 
they don't see it happen. And this is how it kind of came to be on how they were able to hijack everyone's mind. And they're still doing it. And they're using people, knowingly or unknowingly, that are going with it. The most perfect thing to do in order to break down your enemies is to make them stop resisting without even going to war. And this is done by reflecting back. And this is how real game theorists see things. People that understand how this happens and what happens. Because there are fundamental elements to all strategies. There's, you have to anticipate. You got to have your non-emotional, critical thinking using discernment. And we're going to talk about discernment. How to interpret motives. And then you have to make the decision. If you don't have the guts to stand by a decision, then you fail. And everything must align with your initial agenda of what you wanted to do. And then when you get to your goal, you have to learn from everything you did. So there are people that have short-term, medium-term, long-term strategies. Long-term strategies are the most difficult to fight because if they started 50 years ago and you only started, I don't know, 17, 18 years ago, you know, you've got a lot of catching up to do. And unfortunately, in today's world, being uh, for such instantaneous pleasure, instantaneous response, you know, people chasing that paper, dollar, 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 they'll be evasive on where they stand. They'll say what everybody else wants to hear. <laughs> they won't tell you what is really happening because that's the way, you know, people work. And it's quite unfortunate, quite unfortunate, but true. I want you guys to not indulge of what you think you have, you know, I don't want you thinking of things you want to have, but don't. I want you to see how incredible it is, the whole process of going to possess that. Okay. So today we're going to talk about that gut feeling, what it really means. We're also going to see how the same long-term plan at that time was actually quite middle turn. It was a midterm plan, right? Um, well, no, it was kind of long term, I guess, because it was like, you know, about a couple years. But I like to think that long term plans or decades or, you know, 15, 20 year plans. Um, and I like to call midterm plans, you know, monthly, you know, a couple years, maybe five years max. So short-term basically is like you solve your problems like right now as they come, right? Midterm kind, you know, plans or you think about today, maybe a week, maybe a year, a couple years, that's about it. And the way you do these things, right? Short-term, you just street fight, right? You just go in there and throw up and throw those hands up and get that done. Boom. You set a match and you're just like, here, done. Mid-range goals right? Mid-time, mid-term goals are battles. But the real wars are the long-term. So we're going to go through the strategies of that today. And you're going to understand the path and see the similarities of today of how the Nazis actually had genocide occur and how it happened and no one batted an eyelash because they were so primed. And it's the same thing you're seeing now. Now, 
There have been many, many times that I've spoke about trusting your gut. Trusting your gut is using what we call discernment, right? The ability to cut through the rubbish, the natural perception, the ability to judge well based on your inner instinct, right? Inner instinct. So, you know, people that have the ability to discern are those that can see things objectively, right? Not pretend objectively, like, oh, I saw all this. And even though I don't like this person, I see this and I see that. When someone tells you who they are, believe them. Believe them. A mark that you are mature is being able to distinguish good from evil, hard, line, drawn. There is never something good that evil can give you and never something evil that true good can give. Be sure of that. That is how you mature into someone that really understands what's going on. Because a lot of people want to pretend they're in the know. They're totally not. You think they are. To have a heightened abid- ability to discern means that you are able to stand on the moon and look down, do not involve emotions, and be able to draw that line in the sand of what's right and what's wrong. And you're able to hone into people's motives. You're able to hone in. You're understanding it. It's kind of like that, that feeling, right? That feeling you get when you, when you, when you walk into a room and, and someone's talking. You're like, oh, you know, they're saying really good things, but I, something doesn't sound right. I sense something's good around here. I just don't know what it is. Being around this person makes me a little bit uncomfortable, and I don't know why. Uh, this resonated with me. It's just not feeling right. You know, that inner feeling, these little clues that we dismiss because, you know, we talk ourselves out of it, you know, using that thing called reason. There's unspoken and generally hidden things that you can see in the dictionary. Discernment is the ability to judge well, right? And then also spirituality version is that the perception in the absence of judgment with a view to obtaining spiritual guidance and understanding, in other words, spiritual discernment. (coughs) Okay, excuse me. So spiritual discernment is the ability to see and hear and understand things that are not something you can see and actually hear. You feel it. See, emotion is linked to a lot of decisions we make, a lot of things we do. It's not specifically intuition. It's, it's, it's that superpower that, that, that comes in from your gut and, and you just are like, wait a minute, wait a minute, mm, something's off. And see, for those of you that are Christian, because I have a lot of uh, Muslims and uh, Jews that listen to me and Buddhists, right? I want you to understand, in all writings, you see this. You see the talk of being able to discern. Being able to discern. You know, some people are hypersensitive to atmospheres. I, I, I have a really, really beloved friend of mine that when they go out in public, they, they, they get home and they're just like exhausted because they're very sensitive to how other people are and how things are. They aren't, they aren't able to tune it out. And I'll bring an example. My daughter and I, you know, every day we dedicate an hour to ourselves of no tech and just mindless 
time wandering in our minds. So we watch stories like movies that are fun, lighthearted, fantasy. So we got into this show called Fate and it's like a wink saga. And I remember telling my daughter, isn't that, wasn't that like a, a toy thing of fairies? And, and that was actually quite interesting, hearing the emotions. How can you hear the emotion? Are you empathetic to people around you, right? Because today I saw some fake empathy that drove me insane. I had to like turn it off and I was like, what? You know, it's like Charles Man Manson, you know, claiming that he's a victim of something. And you're just like, but you did that to a child. Uh, you know, oh, I was too sad. I was going to commit suicide. But you were okay with doing that to a child. And now you want sympathy. See, this is how the devil works. This is how evil works, right? It's like that movie Joker where you start to empathize and, and, and give them a pass. No, no, no. That is what a PSYOP does. A PSYOP doesn't always want to put a bullet in your head. It wants you to do it yourself. Being on the receiving end, I can tell you, it's not a lot of fun. It takes a lot of courage. But for them to come out and say it like that when you know it's not the case and it's a lie, it makes you very upset. How can no one be able to discern the fakeness, the falsity? How? How is it that you cannot discern the falsity? Now, the Bible in 1 Corinthians 12, I think it's like 9 or 10, um, tells us that spiritual gift of discernment of spirits that you were able to feel. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the spirit, it says. Discernment is to follow the way of unconditional love and to understand that those that are evil are evil, right? Because they have no empathy. That doesn't mean you don't feel bad because there's a tortured soul somewhere over there if it still exists, right? That someone that is so evil and gives so much evil that there may be a soul, there may be. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I met with a gentleman that I will never forget. He was like a GQ cowboy and he was, you know, regurgitating scripture a lot. And he brought a sense of peace, but it was a furious peace. When I, um, you know, sat with him and talked, he spoke very softly with a draw, but he was terrifying. And I think I even told um, those around me, I, I felt that he was one of the most terrifying because he had wrath in him. And that is because he believes that he will crush the skulls of the enemies of God. And that is what he must do. And he had this wrath of vengeance against evil that I'd never seen before. Um, so close. I mean, I've seen it in movies. I've heard about it, right? But it was this wrath that I've only seen on the other side. This wicked wrath I've seen. But I've never seen wrath come in from a place of good. I couldn't. It was like the scary part for me and, you know, reconciling this this weekend when I thought about it at a, the most random time I was buried in work and I was a bit disheartened because what I knew was coming happened you know watching people discuss made me sad but he came at the wrong time remembering that and I thought you know what I feared and why I felt fear is because he had drawn a really rigid line 
between good and evil. Rigid. Rigid. And see, we can't help but feel terrified of that. I mean, I, I, I can't help. Because that is the way programs think. It's a one and a zero, and there is no gray. Yes? Now, there is a point where that gray area buffers out to just be black or white, right? But there is a buffer area. For him, he lacked the buffer area, which terrified me. Terrified me. But I also kind of envy it uh, in, in a sense that he oozed so much good, so much peace, but then there was so much wrath. Um, it was, for me, it was unstable, uh, you know, the way I saw it because I believe in redemption. I believe in good first. I believe that everyone wants positivity, right? But I'm just telling you how it felt, okay? Not how, you know, I, I shrank him, okay? This is how it felt. I still consider, consider him a good person. And maybe it's envy speaking how he's able to um, want to be so good and want to serve good in the light so much, but yet be able to control that wrath. I can't. Um, so maybe that's it. I don't know. Um, I really don't know. But discerning good from evil is very important. And you must be able to do that now. You must be able to take a step back and say, hold on a second, hold on a second. That doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound like the same person. That sounds like someone who wants sympathy from the very people that he was taunting, from the very people that he stole from, from the very people that he caused harm to. Now, that's a great strategy. It's a great strategy. Because when you get to people that have that gray area, you know, they'll sit there and say, well, you know, I, I don't really like this person, but they're saying some really good stuff. No, they're not. They can't. They never can. What they're doing is telling everyone what they want to hear because they know their time is up. But see, as a person that loves game theory, right, and I'm very good at it, self-proclaimed very good, I guess, you know, everyone has to decide for themselves how good they are at something, right? You know your, how good you are at rebuilding a car engine. <laughs> you know, someone watching you may have an idea of how good you are, but you know it best, right? I'm telling you. And nobody has anything on my game theory. Nothing. Because I strategize for the long, long term. Long term strategy for me is my favorite. It is my favorite. Because I don't look at the battles. I don't look at the street fights. I may fall into the pocket of it, maybe sometimes, right? But the one thing that makes me great is out of the six things you do when you implement a strategy, a game theory, is you anticipate and you learn. See, in order to get to your goal in the end, right? I anticipate that if I keep walking off the cliff, I'm going to fall down, right? Then I won't fall down. But what if I never anticipated that walking in a straight line, I'd go off the cliff. Guess what? I'd fall off the cliff, and then next time, I'd be able to anticipate that. Very basics, but that's the way it is. So there's conventional strategists and unconventional ones. Conventional ones think within the rules, think with, with what, um, what they believe exists. They are in the box. They use logic, right? They... Um, they um, 
use very, um, you know, superficial questions to answer things. And they are pretty good at looking at potential threats, right? They're just, a, it's just like a basic blanket, the conventional strategist. This is what you're seeing. But what you're participating in is an unconventional strategy. It's completely outside of the box. It takes 4D thinking, emotion, logic, and puts them all into one in order to come up with answers. And it doesn't ask superficial questions. Those are BS. It looks into the deeper questions. And it doesn't look at the potential threats that you could see, like AOC, like Pelosi, like their impeachment, which I told you about months and months and months ago, right? And this 25th Amendment, wait till you hear how that's coming up. You look at the deeper threats the ones that are embedded within their strategy. Because see, if we're in a long-term strategy, in an unconventional strategy, and as you have seen, we are in unconventional warfare, you bet your bottom dollar that these clowns are doing just the same thing. Every single thing that you are thinking of doing, they are countering. And here's the thing. As a time traveler, been around this block before, so when you've seen it happen, guess what? I've already seen that story. I've already seen the movie. So I'll just step back and I'm anticipating exactly what they do. And today, right now, I'm going to play for you, seriously, how the Nazis got to, got to get this, the genocide done, how this genocide happened. And I want you to equate that to what you are seeing today with average Americans that speak their mind. Because then maybe you'll realize what a long-term strategy looks like. And don't look at it as Jews and this. Think of it in the sense of conservatives, people that are against whatever. Because don't forget, Hitler didn't start out with the intent to be evil. He was hijacked. See, that's what always happens. Not everybody gets into things thinking that they're going to cause evil. The best intentions are how golden brick roads are paved all the way to hell. Because people get greedy, and I'm going to showcase that. That's where I got this appointment this weekend. But disappointment in not disappointing someone, but disappointment is disheartened. Because I was like, damn, I didn't want that to happen. I didn't want people thinking... I'm more important than this. I need more time for this. No, you don't. You're supposed to be in and out. And that's what self-serving instincts have us do. You think that there's more that needs to be done than what really needs to be done. And to celebrate the new century. Um. became known as the war to end all wars. It cast an immense shadow on tens of millions of people. This is not war, a wounded soldier wrote home. It is the ending of the world. Half of all Frenchmen aged 20 to 32 at war's outbreak were dead when it was over. More than one third of all German men aged 19 to 22 were killed. 
millions of veterans were crippled in body and in spirit. Advances in the technology of killing included the use of poison gas. Under the pressure of unending carnage, governments toppled and great empires dissolved. It was a cataclysm that darkened the world's view of humanity and its future. Winston Churchill said the war left a crippled, broken world. The humiliation of Germany's defeat and the peace settlement that followed in 1919 would play an important role in the rise of Nazism and the coming of a second world war just 20 years later. Terry had quietly sought an end to German territory and demoralized by ineffective government, political demonstrations frequently turned violent. Many political parties had their own paramilitary units to attack opponents and intimidate voters. In 1932, 99 people were killed in the streets in one month. Right-wing propaganda and demonstrations played on fears of a communist revolution spreading from the Soviet Union. New social problems emerged from the impact of rapid industrialization and the growth of cities. Standards of behavior were changing. Crime was on the rise. Sexual norms were in flux. For the first time, women were working outside the home in large numbers, and the new constitution gave women the right to vote. Germany's fledgling democracy was profoundly tested by the crumbling of old values and fears of what might come next. Adolf Hitler had been undisputed leader of the National Socialist German Workers' Party, known as Nazis, since 1921. In 1923, he... Wait, so... Here's where we need to pause for a second, okay? This is where we need to see what's going on, right? Because we can't tell you. We have to show you, right? Can't tell you, have to show you. As you see, in order to get the people of the world to kneel and bow to a more global order, as they did, what they needed to do is pick the most volatile state or country in this case, which was Germany, and destroy everything that made them German. Everything, including their culture, their social values, their family values, everything. Why? Why did they do this? Because they wanted the people like you, who believe that children need fostering, love, attention, that believe that procreation is a divine right, and that babies have rights, and that everyone should be unified, but we should all have a moral code, which is don't kill, don't steal, don't ask for handouts. But what we saw was, is that suddenly Germany decided, whoa, 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 whoa stop. No, you could pick your gender. Uh, you know, you could destroy everything that's a foundation. So then people like you who believe in just regular values, right? We're not talking the extremist ones where women had to stay in the kitchen. I mean, I don't mind that, but I'm just saying, they wanted to push them over the edge. They wanted to create the demonization of cultural roots, of the, the family unit. They wanted to demonize it. So what they did was they instantly destroyed it in order to create that pocket. Now, 
Hitler started with, no, workers are the ones that contribute to society. Therefore, they should be embraced. Our values as Germans should be upheld. We're Germans. We're this. Our history are that. They're tainting it. Listen, he had righteous statements at first. Then he just took it way over the edge. That's what it's called extremism. You see what I'm saying? Extremism. And this is what they've been trying to do to you. And it failed because they didn't account for the spiritual growth that people as a society gain over a hundred years. You see, over a hundred years, this is how they messed up because their long-term strategy, which is every hundred years, look at it, 1721, 1621, 1821, 1921. We have pandemics every hundred years. Tick-tock, tick-tock. Huh. It's almost as if it's a century-old playbook that they use and they just revamp it to apply. Wash, rinse, and repeat. So Hitler was the voice of reason at first and then he went nuts, right? Because he was so enraged. He took it to the extreme. He fell down the rabbit holes. He lost it. You understand? He lost it. This is history repeating itself, only this time, nobody lost it. He was imprisoned for trying to overthrow the government. His trial brought him fame and followers. He used the jail time to dictate his political ideas in a book, Mein Kampf, My Struggle. Hitler's ideological goals included territorial expansion, consolidation of a racially pure state, and elimination of the European Jews and other perceived enemies of Germany. He served only a short jail sentence, and after the ban was lifted on his National Socialist Party, Hitler and his followers rejoined the battle in the streets and in the countryside. Now think of it this way. If you were fighting for something good, right, and it was righteous, and it was a good thing, and then suddenly you get jailed for it, they attack you for it, you get depressed when you're demoralized. You get depressed, you get into drugs, you hang out with the wrong crowds, you get really extreme in your ideas, thinking I must crush the skulls that put me here. I must crush everyone that puts me here. They are evil. I am good. And uh, again, the yellow brick road, the golden road is always paved with great intention as it seeks <laughs> the end, which is hell. So this is how it happens. Okay. He started something pretty good. He saw that there was control. He saw that they were forcing, but he did exactly what he should have done. He played his part in the movements and hopes. Crafty, but someone that's great at game theory can see it coming. They took parts that Hitler used in order to come to power, right? Um, putting out these extremist views, creating, uh, you know, infiltrating the media with it. He was a dry run that failed, but Germany came to power again, as you can see now. But he was a dry run that failed. Don't forget, Bush's dad was funding him. Roosevelt took their money from it. You have to see who was actually funding this PSYOP. Great PSYOP. I mean, <laughs> same plan, different people, different millennia. Someone put the millennial project or the millennial plan. Exactly. So what they did was they started to use the things of fear but they used it in order to recruit more on their side here, which are the actual commies, right? They took it and weaponized it like that also to drive you and your morality down more because they need you to be an extremist. They want you to be an extremist. Do you see why they call you a Nazi, right? When you haven't even behaved like one, right? 
You see why they call you? Because you're supposed to play that role and you're supposed to be in that role. You're supposed to be doing that. So what they have done this time, which was genius. I mean, damn, but I predicted it. See, been around the block before every hundred years. You see how they sent infiltrators this time. Infiltrators and many pockets of infiltrators that will guide you into these little pockets and then hopefully bring you together. Trolls. Now they have artificial intelligence. And artificial intelligence at this moment, Alice, OG Alice, such a loser. Because it's ones and zeros. Again, that hard line in the sand. The only hard line you should have is that there's good and there's evil. And there's always that buffer where evil can be good with the right attention, but also good can turn quickly into evil in that buffer zone too. With the wrong attention or the wrong embrace that they fall into. So I, this is why I see a lot of people saying, we need to, ah, uh, ah, uh, we need to watch. Because unfortunately, this prodigal sin that we all have is to crave more, to crave. It's like we're forever hungry to outdo. Now, competition is great, but we have to remember that we're all one in the end. You'll see. You'll see. Look at how... In January 1933, when the old war hero, President Paul von Hindenburg, invited Hitler to serve as chancellor in a coalition government, the Nazis could hardly believe their luck. The Nazis were revolutionaries who wanted to radically transform Germany. The conservative politicians in the new cabinet didn't like or trust Hitler, but they liked democracy even less, and they saw the leftist parties as a bigger threat. They reached out to the Nazis to help build a majority in parliament. They were confident they could control Hitler. One month later, when arson gutted the German, they blamed communists for the faces for arbitrary police actions. The new government's first targets were political opponents. Under the emergency decree, they could be terrorized, beaten, and held indefinitely. Leaders of trade unions and opposition parties were arrested. German authorities sent thousands, including leftist members of parliament, to newly established concentration camps. Despite Nazi terror and brutal suppression of their opponents, many German citizens willingly accepted or actively supported these extreme measures in favor of order and security. Many Germans felt a new hope and confidence in the future of their country with the prospect of a bold, young, charismatic leader. Nazi propaganda chief Joseph Goebbels planned to win over those who were still unconvinced. Hitler spoke to the SA, his army of stormtroopers.
the ceremonial reopening of Parliament, orchestrated by Joseph Goebbels, aimed to link the Hitler government to Germany's imperial past and portray the Nazis as saviors of the nation's future. The event was carefully staged to reassure the German establishment, including the military, that Hitler would respect their traditions. Nazi-controlled newsreels then gave the impression that the army supported the new government. Though Hitler walked behind longtime President Hindenburg for now, the new chancellor would soon be his absolute dictator. Day was dedicated to the new Germany, and more than 100,000 school children stood shoulder to shoulder as the car bearing the aged president and the chancellor proceeded through the crowd to the speaker's stand. Whether you agree with his doctrines or not, it must be admitted that the leadership of Hitler has united the German people for the first time since the war. Their almost fanatical enthusiasm is a marvel to the entire world. Hindenburg remained president until his death in August 1934. With Hindenburg gone, Hitler, by agreement with the army, abolished the office of president, declaring himself Führer and Reich Chancellor, leader of the nation and head of the government. Now there was no authority above or beside him. Kind of sounds like what we're seeing right now, right? So the Democrats have destroyed every facet of government we have. The seat of the presidency is no longer something you elect. It's what you select. Now, I've been telling you, you've been selecting it for a while. But, you know, this Times article came out, right? You remember the one talking about the AFL-CIO? The one that was pretty much telling you, look, the shadow net was deployed. It was deployed. And yet, look at who, listen to this. You had Alex Jones. He's disgusting. He killed the Shadowgate documentary, which was how that whole plan that the Democrats and the labor unions had became real. They admitted it. They admitted it on it. And yet people are like sitting there. Oh, did you see the time? They're like rubbing it in our face. It's like you fuckers, right? Choked the Shadowgate documentary that told the people, that was priming the people, that was giving the people the specific ways that they are hijacked. And now you're going to sit there and say, we've been telling you this. No, you haven't because you're part of the damn system. Anyone who tells you, oh, look, they're doing this. Ask them. Did you watch Shadowgate? Because Shadowgate gave it to you. Shadowgate showed it to you. Shadowgate gave the tools to every single human being on this planet to see it. And they choked it. They started harassing. They buried it. That's what's up. See, the shadow net is now operated with AI. Back then, it was just done with the media itself, the people, the papers. That's it. So bottom line is, pay attention and trust that gut. Use your discernment and see it as fact per fact. You're sitting there claiming, they planned all this. It was an orchestrated attack. No, no duh, Sherlock. See, the people that have been telling you it's been a plan, the people that exposed this plan, the people that put it out there for you, step by step by step, that this is a weapon, a weapon that was created to hijack your reality. And there they are in that article in Time, right? Telling you, we lobbied, we used the media, we hijacked people's reality. They actually said it, 
<laughs> and then you have all these idiots, like the most evil one of all, Ali Akbar, who is responsible for what happened on January 6th. I don't care what anybody says. He was the linchpin. He wants to throw the chick that was the one he recruited under the bus. No, you're not going to get away with that. The Lincoln Project is not getting away with it. We're already picking off your pedos, right? This is how we're going to get rid of all the nasty because people can come together on children. I mean, Ollie has some explaining to you about Texas way back in the day and children and some sheriffs too. So this is what is happening. They have this, what you're seeing that Hitler did was a deployment of a mass psyop. And he probably didn't even know it was a psyop. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. I mean, his book was textbook psyop, the mind camp, his plan. He was frustrated. He was a mere human that got sucked into the evil. So don't get sucked into the evil when people are promoting this shit and they're telling you, oh, we're so righteous. We were telling you about it. You should say, no, you didn't. You suffocated it. Watch Shadowgate. You suffocated it. You strangled it. They were giving us the tools so we can see it all. How they collect our information. How they attack us. How they hijack our media. How they, how they hijack our social media, our lives. And yet now you're coming back to say, see, look at that article. That article, when you're looking at it, you're like, shit, that's Shadowgate. Not only that, the same people that gave you Shadowgate were telling you that the unions had mobilized. We had their plan. We had their paper. You were walking right into the plan, right into the paper. They had it set up. And then they go admitting, yes, we did. Because you know what? That's one of the biggest weapons that we could have used against them. But these people that you are listening to, funding and watching are promoting the fact that they suffocated it. Why? Because this is a massive psyop. Again, use discernment. Watch the Nazi genocide as it evolves because this is the future they wanted. And those people that you listen to, they're shocked about this Time Magazine article. Huh. Are the reason that we are in this position. This is why it had to be this way. You had to be able to cultivate that discernment and understand where evil sits, where good sits, and what is truth, what is fiction, and what is some truth so that they can benefit. Immediately, the armed forces swore an oath of allegiance to Adolf Hitler. All civil servants, including teachers and police, members of parliament and the judiciary, swore an oath of loyalty, not to any constitution, but to Hitler as Fuhrer of the German nation. The economy had reached rock bottom when the Nazis came to power. They boosted its recovery with huge public works projects for the unemployed. Hitler christened new Autobahns triumphantly in a display of national will that would unite the country and facilitate the secret expansion of Germany's armed forces. In 1935,
Germany openly defied the 1919 Treaty of Versailles by reinstituting the draft and increasing its military strength. The Nazis were delivering on their promises to restore and strengthen the nation. Their achievements encouraged many people to overlook radical Nazi policies or even to support them. In September 1935, the Nazi party gathered in Nuremberg for its annual rally. It opened with a traditional hymn that added solemnity and a sense of continuity with the past. It ended with a special session of parliament far from Berlin. New race laws were introduced by Hitler and read by parliament president Hermann Goering. The Nazi regime aimed to create a racially pure Germany, whose so-called superior traits would make it ideally suited to rule the entire European continent. Nazism taught that racial struggle was the driving force in history. Superior races must battle inferior races or be corrupted by them. The Nazi concept of a national community was exclusive and based on race, as defined in the new laws and decrees. Heinrich Himmler and the SS led the ideological battle. Racist ideas were taught in schools. Some groups, such as Jews, Slavs, Blacks, and Roma, also called Gypsies, were labeled racially inferior. People with mental or physical disabilities were designated unworthy of life. Scientists and medical professionals applied pseudoscientific theories for measuring and valuing racial characteristics. From citizens to outcasts, kind of sounds really familiar right now, doesn't it? Kind of sounds like exactly where we're at right now, doesn't it? Not only about your skin color, because as long as you're white, you're the devil. Whatever ideas you may have, you're now an outcast, and this is where the genocide begins. At that time, it was the Jews. Now, it's everybody who doesn't agree with them. You see how these playbooks are just revamped and reapplied. There we go. Before the Nazis assumed power, Jews enjoyed all rights of citizenship in Germany. After 1933, the German government gradually excluded Jews from public life and public education. Newly established Jewish private schools provided a safe learning environment for some. By 1938, German authorities had isolated and segregated Germany's Jews, expelling them from the professions and eliminating most opportunities to earn a living. 
we felt so, uh, why can't we be part of it? Why can't we? Everybody said, Heil Hitler, like this. I did too. What did I know? I was eight years old. So my mother said to me, you're not supposed to do that. I said, why not? She said, haven't you been told that you were Jewish? I said, oh, I forgot. Germany's Jews would get plenty of reminders. This sense of isolation that came upon us after 1933, gradual and increasing, it also affected us psychologically. We knew we were in a hostile world. Between 1933 and 1939, the German government enacted hundreds of laws to define, segregate, and impoverish German Jews. My sister and I used to slink by those. Kind of sounds like cancel culture, doesn't it? Oh, conservatives not welcome here. So hiatus on that one. So we can then continue because we need a break to get our coffee. But, huh. Yesterday, after movie night, which we watched the movie Bliss, for those that are following me on Twitch, you should. We do movie nights. We do other fun stuff, too, and we raid people. We raided a channel of this leftist. And the whole point of going all in, raiding all these different channels on Twitch is to share the love and support. And so we, so we all raided this channel that was received so nicely until someone was like, there's a QAnon conspiracy. Oh, my God, they're all Trump supporters. And then the evil really came out. The evil came out. And you could see it. It was demonic. The responses. And all we had to do was sit there and listen. Not even debate. Because we couldn't debate someone that was laughing at the fact that babies were being killed. Right? It was really evil. The person looked evil. And all they wanted to do was make you upset and make you sick. And you could feel that energy. And the whole point was to sit there and just watch it. Because that evil is real. And you saw it with the Nazis. They did exactly what is happening in our nation. They're calling you a Nazi, yet they are doing exactly what the Nazis did. The cancel culture. That you're not allowed in here because you think like this. Or you better get down on your knees for being white. Or you don't think like me, then therefore you're not welcome here. This whole thing, we've seen this movie before, haven't we? Like I said, this is all a movie. The only way we change it is by understanding how much power we do have. So on that note, let's take a short break and listen to a nice little song. <laughs> and it's one of my favorite mashups of Phil Collins and Adele. Um, and I'll see you guys in a bit. This moment for all my life, oh Lord, can you feel it coming in the air tonight, oh Lord, oh Lord. Well, if you told me 
drowning I will lend a hand I've seen your face before my friend But I don't know if you know who I am I was there and I saw what you did I saw you with my own two eyes So you can wipe up the green I know where you've been It's all been a pack of lies And I can feel it coming in the air tonight Oh Lord I've been waiting for this moment for all my life Oh Lord Can't you feel it coming in the air All right, welcome back everyone. I hope you guys got your coffee refills. And again, I just wanted to say, you should always be careful who you follow and feel free to find Ali Akbar and Alex Jones, Caitlin Bennett, Rob Dew, all those clowns for talking crap about Shadowgate. Because if you actually read the Time article, it said reality hacking. I've been talking about it for three years. That was their plan. Shadowgate gave you the tools, they clearly call it out. Reality hacking in the article. We gave you the tools and they told you not to look. Now you can see that they were covering for the deep state. I'm not just saying it. I'm showing you the evidence. Let them answer that question. Hey, Shadowgate was telling us everything that they were doing. Why did you tell us that it was false? Why did you say that not to look at it? Why did you attack the people that created it? Because, again, look at every single journalist that didn't cover it. Look at every single person that didn't speak about it. Because huh. they didn't even understand what they were looking at. Because they're not that smart. <laughs> and because a lot of them get paid by the very people we exposed were doing this to you. So you should go thank them. Thank them for letting the Democrats... Select a president. Thank them for the position that your nation is in. Let them know. Everything in that Time article was told to us by Shadowgate. Why did you tell us not to look? Why did you not let us see the weapons they were using against us? Why? Why? Because they wanted you to be in this position. I mean, you don't make money if people aren't in controversy you don't make money if it doesn't look like they're fighting something and i'll tell you what by the end of the show you're going to see how your republican selected people are already lining up for their next phase of the plan now the 25th amendment they're going to take biden out with that you know how that's going to happen with your own republicans that are i'm for the people watch us like north dakota was like we're gonna contest everything Biden does that causes harm to the state. We're going to bring back power. Look at us. But see, even though they're doing it for the right reason, just like Hitler, they're playing their role. Because it is through that that they will remove Biden and throw in Kamala Harris quite quickly, right? Because they won't be able to hide the shenanigans, right? The shenanigans of what that person and the previous administration has done. 
Now, while all of you are upset that there's an impeachment, I say, let's do this. I'm ready for impeach 44. I am so ready. It had to be done. It had to be done. This evil had to be done. And I am so upset. I'm upset with a lot of people that let me down that for clickbait or because they think something sounds good, they'll sit there and promote evil and not go down to the, remember what did I say about strategies? The long-term ones don't look at the superficial things. And what I'm talking about is pretty superficial considering, right? Super, super superficial because I already know the long-term goals. I actually look at what's to come later, right? I don't look at the now, even though I get angry with the now, huh? I mean, I am uh, only human in part, right? So I'm going to think like a human and I'm going to look at the deeper threats and say the potential superficial threats, not so much. Don't care about the battles. Don't care about the band-aids. Don't care about those things. I'm looking at the war. But I can't not be upset. Not be upset, especially with people that have been through that, that have been kicked in the butt by that same system. And now they're fostering that system. Again, be careful who you follow because they're the same people that told you not to look when you were being given the tools of how they were getting this done. They told you, don't look. They told you, don't look. They attacked. Careful. You should tell them, thank you for President Biden. You did that. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. Times article says that they had already planned this, that they were reality hacking. Did you even watch Shadowgate after you trashed it? It's your fault. You told millions of people not to watch. All of them. Who do they work for? Remember, Alex Jones had a Wikistrat email. Done. That tells you everything you need to know. That tells you everything you need to know. Their God, it's money. Those huge banners that were all over the city and we used to just try not to see them thinking if we didn't see them they weren't there but they were there that's just little by little that really took over when you think about the mr weiss ohne lösung der judenfrage keine lösung der menschheit the goal of nazi propaganda was to demonize jews and encourage Germans to see Jews as dangerous outsiders in their midst. Kind of like what they're doing now. Do you know this person? Karen snitch on them. Karen snitch on all of them. They're not thinking about the way we do. That's a problem for humanity. Get rid of them. Let's kill them all, right? Isn't that what they're saying? They want to throw you in. They want to put you in re-education camps. Kind of sounds like what's going on here. Party officials directed the SA, SS, and Hitler Youth to destroy Jewish shops and torch synagogues. Over 7,000 Jewish-owned businesses were vandalized. Germans named the violent attacks Kristallnacht, Night of Broken Glass, for the shattered windows of Jewish-owned stores that littered the streets. The nationwide violence damaged or destroyed more than 250 synagogues. After Kristallnacht, I remember driving through Berlin and seeing the, the, the synagogues in, in flames and all the glass on the... What about all the statues of your history? Anything that represents Americanism? 
destroyed, destroyed, destroyed. So don't think of it as just your religion or your color. Think of it, <laughs> how they're targeting you. You don't think like us. We will destroy everything that represents you. Confederate flags are now demonized, right? <laughs> Lincoln's demonized. George Washington's demonized. Everything, they're taking them down. Can you see the same playbook? Now, who is the real Nazi? A new law issued in October 1938 required Jews to surrender their old passports, which would be valid only after the letter J was stamped on them. So now you're also going to get your passport taken back because if you don't abide by getting the upgrade in your molecular biology and your molecular programming, you will be taken into custody. Oh, you know, those COVID passports that they talk about, right? Look, textbook, textbook. Two months later, another law prevented the flight of capital owned by Jews when the economics ministry froze all Jewish property and assets. Many who had the means and somewhere to go tried to leave Germany. Some families sent their children alone to other safer countries. So people started not having jobs. Their bank accounts closed down. Kind of like what, you know, all these banking institutions are doing to some people, right? Remember? Yeah. Kind of like that. They just decide that they're going to confiscate it and not give you what you've earned or whatever's yours because they feel like it, right? And then people that had a little bit of money would run away from Germany. Where are you going to run to? Where are you going to go? Where is it that they're not anywhere on this planet? Let me tell you something. Do you know where you're going to run away to? Absolutely fucking nowhere. There is nowhere on this planet that you can go to that they don't have their fingers in. So what do you do? What do you do? Because the enemy's great. It's a Goliath. But what are you going to do? Sit there and let Goliath trample all over you? Because there is really no place you can go. Canada's worse. Europe's worse. Africa's screwed completely. You're just not seeing the news. Have you seen what's going on in Russia with the protest? Nope. China's been done. India's been done. Now they're going into digital currency so they could delete people. That way you don't exist. You've been unpersoned. Where are you going to go, Antarctica? You're not even allowed to land on there. Because they said so. Who's they? Where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? Nowhere. So what do you have to do? Make sure that this doesn't fly in your nation, right? They could not know how soon the world would be at war. As the Nazi regime implemented its long-standing goal of territorial expansion, aggression against Germany's neighbors initially succeeded without encountering armed resistance. Hitler counted on the reluctance of Britain and Europe to intervene for fear of another war, the German occupation of Prague, capital of Czechoslovakia left no doubt as to Germany's intent on military conquest in Eastern Europe. On September 1st, 1939, a massive German force invaded and conquered Poland within a month. So since then, just so you understand, they've invaded every single nation. 
They have changed every single nation. They have tipped every single nation on its head. So what do you do now? Sounds like you're screwed, right? Sounds like there's no way out, right? Well, you have the tools. So let's examine those tools because we're going to use what Grant said about the time expose, see where he missed, and how you already know how to fix this. You already know how to fix this. You already do. You've been given the tools. Take a listen. And then I opened this show requesting you actually read a stunning article written by Time Magazine of all places. But it's a must read if you want to understand just how sly and manipulative the left is when it comes to their quest to win an election. It's an eye-opening account of what Time headlines, quote, the secret history of the shadow campaign that saved the 2020 election. The author, Molly Ball, uses the piece to gloat about how a small group of Democrat mastermind political strategists exploited and the Lincoln Project and Republicans and people that were working for President Trump and your influencers and your blue check marks and your decoders all helped. That's fact. What does it say? Shadow campaign. Huh. Really? Our fragile election system and won. She doesn't reveal any criminal acts or even fraud. What she does reveal, though, is the coordinated effort of unlikely bedfellows to game the system against President Trump. They were not rigging the election, she writes. They were fortifying it. And they believe the public needs to understand the system's fragility in order to ensure that democracy in America endures. But reading her piece, it sure seems like they rigged it, using loopholes and legislatures, backroom deals and billionaires. In the end, Molly Ball unknowingly made it clear the deep state extends far beyond Washington. You can find. Oh, I mean, that's something we've been talking about for a while here. Right. But, you know, I don't know what I'm talking about. Right. Everybody else does. I don't. Right. I, you know, we've been talking about the shadow government, shadow gate, shadow campaign, shadow, 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 people working in the shadows. The president told you himself. Right. You know, other people are the ones that are guiding you in this, right? They're guiding you in this so that they win, so that they win, so that they win. They literally told you they reality hacked you. They hacked your reality, your perception of things. And yet, for some reason, people still don't get it. So how is it that Pandora has to come out and release it all, gives it, gives it. The box was open, it was given, and nobody took it. Nobody took the tools. Instead, all your pundits and your super duper, you know, peeps are like, yeah, oh my God, they're totally saying they rigged it. No, duh. And we told you how they did it. And this is how it was. And now they're telling you, oh, we couldn't fix it. You had the tools. We gave it to you. I gave a full report on Ali Akbar's plan in March of 2020. How he paid who they recruited, who had infiltrated the America First movement, how they came up. I actually got rid of them. Every single one of them myself. And I'm not just saying that. I did. I did. Single-handedly. No one paid me for my time. I didn't do it to get a lollipop. It's because I don't want their future to come into fruition. It's because I'll stand up and do it. I'm not going to wait around for someone else to do it. I'm going to do it. Just like you're going to do it. Because if you remember from that history lesson, 
that we had about how we had the Declaration of Independence and how all the states came together. What was the key problem there? That the states wanted to be selfish and have power. Well, that's the only way you can cause fracture. And over 20 years ago, I kind of told you about the cities and the country, the cities and the country. This is how it's going to end up. That's what they want. But we need to fix that. You were given all the tools, yet you refused to take those tools. So you have to ask yourself, did they do it because they're damn stupid? Well, majority of them, yes. But the ones that are smart, the ones that have been in this game, like Alex Jones, for a very long time, didn't do it because they were stupid. They know that it's from battles that you make money, that you can demand people to shell out money so you can give them the quasi-truth rather than the actual truth. Because once you give a person $5, they'll come back for $5. But if you give the person the tool to go fishing, they won't come back. And what they are is they fear for their pocket. That's all they care about. Their God is money. All of them, their God is money. Their God is power. That is all they care about. They don't care about you, your kids, your wants, your needs. Every single person sitting in an office right now that has been selected, right? That has been selected doesn't care about you. And this is why it's important every single one of them is removed. Every single one of them. And later today, I'm going to speak with my Ohioan to explain to them how my contingency went perfect and how I had a contingency plan because I knew what was coming. Because unfortunately, it doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It means that you just succumb just like everyone else. And it's important to understand that. We all fall into that pocket. We all fall into that, ooh, I just tasted it, I want more. It's like crack. You take a hit, you want more. I already knew, hence why I keep saying it had to be this way. I already knew. People, no matter how intelligent they are, no matter how righteous they feel they are, no matter how God-fearing, God-loving, person-loving they are, right? They still kneel to that human portion that disconnects from their gut to their logic. And then this insane, insane idea of self-preservation, self-propulsion happens ever so slightly. And I know that I'm going to offend a lot of people today. I really don't care because I'm not telling you this because I don't like you. I'm showing you that I knew that it was going to happen. And this is why, you know, you got to, like I said, look to yourself. Look at who you really, don't lie to yourself. Look at the reality of where you sit. Look at the reality of what your needs should be, what you want. And like I said, then look at the more deeper threats to that. Not, well, the first line of threat is me getting out of the house and not getting out of the house and applying for the job. But the deeper threat is the clown that you just selected to be your state rep or state senator might screw you over because he doesn't want that company in there because without that, then he makes more money or then he gets to distribute it or, 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 or you need that person to be on the same page with you is create the job so that I can pass the short-term hurdle, which is me going to apply for it. You see how that works there? That's how game theory is. We need to be thinking ahead. Kind of like when we had our little Zoom call. I was going to have one on Sunday, but it had already started on Saturday, what I expected. So I was like, all right, I'm really, really busy today. I'm going to give myself two hours rather than spend it on a Zoom call because I'm not going to be nice because I'm seeing it. And it's not because I wasn't expecting it. And it's not because people disappointed me, but because they were just being normal people. And you know, that's why I circle back, like Chucky says. Sometimes, you know, I, I, I don't like people. I really don't like people. 
only because of that, because I can already predict how they respond because that is where people sit. They sit on that. And, and it's so disheartening sometimes for me when I get, you know, really, really excited. And then I'm like, okay, it hasn't shown up yet. So yes, maybe I overcompensated thinking it's going to happen. Oh yes, it's not there yet. Yes, it's not there yet. They understand. Great. And then boom, it happens. And then it's like a cascade of events. And it's members in big tech, the media, and the C-suites of America's largest companies. So, okay. So this Times article is exactly what I've been talking about for years, which is First thing that I always said in 2018 is that the the the, the problem that we're going to have with President Trump's continuation for six years after the first four is the peripheries. It is the states. It is those big corporations. It is those influencers, those people that you think are on your side, like the Mark Levins. I've explained that before, right? I've explained it to you before. It is because people are constantly looking for someone to lead them instead of looking at themselves to lead themselves. And then when you get a room full of leaders, like the room in our chat room right now, where you're all leaders, then it's all good, right? It's all good. It's all good because we're all leaders. You have to be your own hero in your own story. And then if all these heroes get together, damn, is that one type of war that nobody can lose, right? Her piece is an accidental expose. She writes about the U.S. Chamber of Commerce teaming up with the AFL-CIO to work with the Democrat Party machine. Titans of industry teaming up with big labor. Why? Because both sides despised the outsider, President Trump. A president. Do you remember how hard I was going on the unions in 2019, where I was showing you their bank, where I was showing you how they're taking away your union dollars and funding themselves, where they're broke dead broke. And do you know what deal they brokered? Hey, give us money because we're dead broke. And you guys get in on the seats and we get to pick together. Isn't that great? You're going to get to pick the people that are going to like not look at your, you know, child labor, not look at these regulations, let you freaking ship off all the jobs offshore. Join us. See, see, see how that works. I mean, we were talking about it for three years, not like we weren't. In the midst of an expose of his own, by the way, that had him draining the swamp, a place where only insiders profit. He had few allies to counter the tsunami of mail-in ballots against him and that were unleashed against him as well. No one but the voters had President Trump's back, not even the Republican Party machine. The proof, of course, is how quickly they abandoned him. But I do believe that it's important for us, as Republicans in particular, to point out that the big lie is simply that, a lie, uh, that Joe Biden won the election fair and square. Wait a minute. He won fair and square. Did you guys see how much AFL-CIO and union money the Republicans got? Because I know the Ohio people looked into it, saw a lot of labor unions and AFL-CIO money going into their Republicans. There's been a constant effort by people from the president's legal team to provide misinformation, to distort the facts. The mob was fed lies. They were provoked by the president. You see it right there. They turned their backs on him. You just watched news. Yes, they did. And you know what? A lot of people turned their backs on him. And the Republican Party is terrified right now because they're like, holy crap, no one's giving us money. No, you're not going to see a penny. You're not. The North Dakota GOP is so screwed. It's beyond screwed. Like, it's not enough that they have these dinosaurs in their state offices and they've got china chinese man you know governor burgum 
who's pushing all the RNA vaccines, they're actually being made in Fargo to use CRISPR to alter your DNA. Look into it. I told you North Dakota is very important. Not only did he create the contact tracing app, right? But then there's John Hoven, who's one of the richest senators around, who has been promoting drones for policing and taking your temperature too. And he's invested a shit ton of money in that too. And then you have Kramer, who used to be a statesman. And I remember saying to many of his close friends when we elected him, I really have faith that he's going to stay a statesman. But I'm going to tell you this now, when people enter the Senate, they change. They really, really fundamentally changed. Oh, I can't see it happen. He's been like this for years. Guess what? He did change. And with that as the final blow, the North Dakota GOP is dead. They're all gone. No one's giving them anything. No one wants any of them. And that's what everyone, everyone across how to move my money. We don't need a GOP. We don't need a GOP. Why do we need a GOP? Why do we need an organized organization with a bunch of tools that decide for us? Why? Why? Why do we need that? We don't. We don't. We don't need it. We do not need it. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. We don't need it. What we do need is to be able to anticipate. In order to anticipate things, we have to gather intelligence, right? When we're strategizing. So you gather intelligence, inside intelligence from the target group, which is everybody and their mother except for citizens, right? And citizens meaning people that just follow that don't produce. Then you take outside intelligence, which is coming from the people and their feedback, right? And then to anticipate, you think of the best scenario and the worst case scenario, right? And then you balance those out and then you think about it. You step back. Well, my best case is if it works like this. My worst case is if it goes like this. And then you have to be your own devil's advocate to see how you can position yourself to be closest to the best outcome. That's your first step when you're strategizing. You plan not your next strategy. You don't plan just your strategy. You plan the strategy after that and the one after that, and the one after that, and the one after that. Ego. Ego is something that all of us have. Ego gets in the way of almost every single thing you do in your daily life. Every single thing, without fail, it will come at you, ego. And it clouds your critical thinking. Because, remember like I told you, the looking glass may indeed provide you insight and predictive outcomes, but it's your eyes that see it. And your eyes are always tainted with your perception. It is very, very difficult to compartmentalize and sit independently to critically think. To be able to stand on the moon and look down at a macro perspective rather than a micro perspective. Because you have to look at causality. And you have to challenge every view, every approach, every, everything you put forward, you have to challenge it. And the causality that may come through it. Again, it's what external factors can influence this? What external factors can influence that? What internal factors can guide it differently? So in this case right now, let's strategize together so you can see how it is. Your anticipation. How do you anticipate of what's to come now? 
with this whole impeachment? What is your anticipation? Your anticipation is that there's going to be a trial or no trial. They're going to have evidence, no evidence. You don't know, really. You're just grasping at straws. So what you anticipate is either a good outcome or a bad outcome. I'm anticipating a good outcome. And I'm going to leave it at that without the details, as I don't want to delve into all of these things that are happening. Right? I don't. So then I move on to my ego and critical thinking. So what can challenge my great outcome? My great outcome is that on the 21st to the 23rd of February, everything's going to be perfect. So in order to get to that perfection during that week, what do I do? Well, what do I have going on? Well, on the 19th, I have the Supreme Court hearing these cases. And have you guys read Lynn Wood's case? Damn, that's solid. He says exactly what we've been saying. By stealing my vote, you have stolen my voice, and that's a First Amendment violation. Pretty good. So critically thinking, what can challenge my good outcome? My challenge could be that people are throwing cover for the actual perpetrators of this insurrection. People are not calling them out because they're too scared to. Why? Why are you too scared to? Why are you too scared to say, no, man, your hands are dirty. You hijack this movement. You work with that person. You funnel that money. You stood there. You promoted it. It's your fault. Why would you sit there and cover for them? Because by covering for them, right, you just create more causality to push against everything else that's good that's going for them. You have to be able to target all the things around. That's why I said, don't be shy. Oh, you're so for the people? Then why didn't you talk about this? This is exactly what they were talking about. Call them out. Call them out. Change the narrative. Call them out. What are you scared of? What are they going to do to you? They need you. They need you. They need you. You don't need them. Why would you support someone like Ali Akbar? Or say, oh, the poor guy went to suicide. Did he give a shit when he was driving minors to suicide? No, he didn't. Because he was asking for money and he was getting money for it. He was getting clicks for it and follows for it, right? So now he wants to pander to that feeling you have, which is a lie. He was at home. I sent him some Uber. There we go. So bottom line is, what is it that you can do? Use your critical thinking. If I allow this person to have a platform and keep talking and talking and talking in my ear, I'm losing scope. So what I need to do is say, stop. You're not the platform for me. You're not helping me critically think. You're trying to guide my thinking into whatever you want. It's what I want. You're here to provide me simply information. Thank you. Boom. So then what you have to do is understand and challenge the hypocrisy, the manipulation, the bias, and the different organizations that are involved in your mind. So what are the different organizations right now in your mind that are taking away from you the ability to have peace? on February 21st to 23rd. Well, I would say it's the mainstream media. Okay, turn it off. I would say it's some of these pundits that are constantly attacking me with fear porn and putting them, all right, turn them off. Uh, what else? Uh, the GOP is sending me things, turn them off. Now, what can you do to take out this hypocrisy? Now, you respond, you send a letter, you talk, you get on the phone, you email your representatives, you file your Q warrants, you talk, you talk, you talk, you talk. You call them out so they have no power. That's how it is. You have no power. 
we're done. Right? That's basically it. You speak your mind and gain control of your thoughts. If you sit there, you're just watching it. So then, as you're doing this critical thinking of what you can do to eliminate the influences and eliminate the evil thoughts and eliminate the bad rabbit holes, because like I said, people are, let's talk about all the children and the underground stuff and the trafficking. Stop. Those are battles. <laughs> Those are battles. What? No, that's horrible. The war is you. Because right now this war is here and you have nowhere to go. You can't like say, I'm leaving and I'm going to Canada. I'm leaving and I'm going to Mexico. Or I'm leaving and going to Venezuela. Wherever you go, it's worse. This is the war zone. This is the war zone. But children, later, this is the war. If they win the war, fuck the battles, it's not going to do anything. So let's move it along. So now that you've critically thought yourself, the hypocrisy, the manipulation, the bias that's coming out, you then you have to interpret it. You have to take the data of what you anticipate and what you want combined with what you've just done for your critical thinking. Let me step out of this box. All right. This person's like telling me to just trust this, trust that. I need to trust myself. So I'm going to focus on that. And I'm going to do this. What am I empowered to do? My constitution says I can do this. My state constitution says that. My municipality says this. Okay. I'm going to focus on that. Then you interpret motives, right? You not only interpret other people's motives, but you interpret your own. You have to interpret your own motive. What motivates you? What is motivating you? This is, this is game theory on steroids, okay? This is how you do it. You sit there and you think, all right, what is motivating me right now? Well, what's motivating me is that I'm in a room and the chair that I'm sitting on, and this is legit straight, right? What's motivating me right now to want to go and, you know, uh, file that RFP for another contract, hopefully they'll give it to me, is to change this chair that I'm sitting in. I want a nicer chair, right? But I'm really, really um, motivated because, you know, it's, it's, it's old, my cat scratched it, it doesn't feel right, right? My motivation is my butt, right? In that sense. So what am I going to do? I'm, gonna, I'm motivated to file for, an, uh, you know, a response to an RFP to do something, right? So what motivates you to, to write the letter to your attorney general, to send that email, to talk to your representative, to get out and run for office, to file the Q warrant, to turn off the TV, to send that email to Alex Jones and say, it was your fault that nobody saw this reality hack because you told everyone not to look when Shadowgate was 100%. What motivates you? What motivates you? That's what you need to ask yourself. For me, one might ask, what is your motivation, Tori, right now? Why are you doing this? You're not sitting there selling me anything. You're not, you know, what is your motive? My motivation is that I've been around this game before. And this time, instead of just observing, instead of just trying to nudge, instead of just going blind, there was a whole strategy on it. And the whole point, the whole point was to ensure that humankind maintained its freedom, that humankind and the future to come for your children, their children, their children's children is exactly what they can manifest, not what others manifest, but your own self, what I want to manifest. Hiatus here. For those of you that were on the watch party yesterday, if you saw the movie, Bliss, it was discombobulated, it was pretty awesome. But in the end, it gave you one really strong pessimistic message. 
that the reality you choose is always driven by others. The main character had to choose between two realities. And he chose the reality of what he hungered for, which was a child. And because the alternate reality, the bad reality, gave him that child, that sense of purpose, that manifested into choosing his reality for him. So your purpose manifests your reality. Therefore, somebody else manifests it for you. Sounds really weird, right? Yeah, but huh, I am manifesting that I want an America that thrives on healthy competition, that can dictate its own economy, that has the best roads there are, that we use all the available technology to us to make our lives better, that people look beyond the superficial qualities, that people join together and encourage each other to compete and strive and be better. That when you walk out to your apartment door, you can say good morning to your neighbor and they won't be like, oh. that every single person can do what finds what they find happiness in. You know, there's people that actually find happiness in cleaning. It's their zone. They put on the music and they're just so good at it. You know, why not do that? Why can't they have their own business to do that? Right? This is it. Why can't we have that? Well, I want that. And I want that to manifest. But in order for my purpose to be manifested, there's got to be other people that want that reality to manifest too. You see how that works? You see how when you vibe on the right frequency, it works? Right. So I did tell you that this month is super slow, right? And this is what happens when there's a challenge in time, when there's a big challenge in motion and movement. Can you see how it is? A creepy thing that my daughter told me was that if you ask Siri, and I urge all of you to try it, if you have iPhones, ask your phone how many days until 2021, until it's 2021. And look what she says. That was pretty weird. That was pretty weird. So <laughs> it says there's like 300 and somewhat days until 2021 happens, which is so weird. But time is slow because there are many people aligning. So I want you to picture like an aerial view of a group of people and they're all becoming into groups and they're swaying. So you've got people on, on, this is how it happens. So you interpret your motive, you understand it. Then you have the guts to decide what's going on. You have to think about it for a second. How do I take a stand to make sure that my motives that I just interpreted, the critical thinking that I used in order to get me to that position so that I can interpret my motives and understand them to their core. And with the, coupled with the anticipation of what I see and what I believe is to come, that the critical thinking and interpreting my motive helped me. Now, I need to take a stand and draw a line in the sand and say, all right, here's where I stand up. It happened. And that's where alignment comes. And once everything is aligned, then there's your victory. So those are the steps. Obviously, the final step is that you learn. You learn from uh, failure if you apply that strategy on a, you know, medium-term battle, you know, like a battle or today's problem. But this is how you do it. You have to find inside. You have to resonate on what's good, not the fear point. Yes, I told you about CRISPR. Now you're seeing it come out. And you're like, oh, well, you need to tell me about this gate. I don't see SCOTUS gate. Didn't I showcase Miss SCOTUS? Oh, I can't stand her. 
Didn't I showcase her? How she was so excited that Chief Justice Roberts gave her a stupid coat hanger. And boy, did she pop up on that day. And saying, oh, I didn't see this. I want this. Dude, nothing comes the way we want it. Your outcomes are based on your anticipation. If you anticipate that some guy with a long white beard and a staff is going to walk out and help you, then you're going to be disappointed. Do not anticipate the solution. Anticipate the hindrances. If you anticipate what will stop you from getting to your goal, then you win. If you're anticipating what your goal is going to look like, you're going to lose. You're setting yourself up for failure. So again, 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 your goals should be your wants and your needs and what you want to have happen. Not what other people tell you. Okay. Because if you can look at all the options based on the data you have with the best approach that you can take, then you can suss out relevant data, irrelevant data, pretty easy. And then you have this team with you, right? Of people, of patriots, you build trust, right? And that's how you make a decision to take a stand together. But what you have to do in order to align is that every single person that is on the same page with you, like for example, this Q Warranto, you have to understand the agenda of every single person partaking in that. So there's a group of what, 130 uh, patriots in Ohio that are going to be claiming seats. Well, then you have to know the agenda of 130 people. Now you're going to say, Tori, nobody can do that. Oh, well, I did. See, because then it started right after the conversation that we had on Saturday. Well, you know, if we just get in and we change the law and then we get, you know, new elections done and, you know, we just do these things and then we leave, uh, you know, that's not enough time. We could do more. Nobody wants you to do more. That's not your job. Your job is to take the stand and create the foundation. Your job is not to stay in office because that's what every single person right now sitting in office is doing. They're like, oh, there won't be enough time. You'll have enough time. You're supposed to be the leader. You're supposed to be the one that's going to go in there and say, remove them all, and I'm willing to step in. And this is why the quo warranto isn't going to be signed by each individual anymore. See, I had that in the back. I kind of mentioned it. But I was hoping that every single individual would have that pride to come down and say, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do this for the good of the people. And I'm going to do it in whatever time I have. And that's it. I'm going to get this done. What is my job? I'm going to get in there. I'm going to temporarily stand in. I'm going to create legislation so we can remove executively appointed Senate and Congress. I'm going to create the foundation of creating a new way of, of elections to rid all the corruption. And then once I do that, I'm going to deploy a new, fair, and just election that is transparent for my fellow citizens in Ohio. Not, well, once I get in there, we won't be able to do enough good that we want to do. No, that is your job. That is the only task you as a leader that is ushering this movement is supposed to do. You're supposed to go in there and fix it and leave. Fix it and leave. That was your task. But unfortunately, as people, when we're empowered with one task, we want to take more. And there's no shame in that. But that's how we get sucked in. Like I said, nobody goes and runs for office because they're like, I want to go in there and screw people. Right? They think 
that, you know, once they go in there, well, I could do much better, but then I need a little bit more time. And then when their feet are wet and they're like, oh, maybe I need a little bit more time, you know, suddenly they like the gym membership. They're like, I want to go back. Like everyone says hi to me. Everybody knows who I am. I like it, you know, and that's normal. That's normal. So again, like in any strategy, you must anticipate. I anticipated that. That's why this Q Warranto is going to be demanding every single seat is vacated and undersigned are the people that are willing to take that slot. And only if they're willing to take it, to fix it, and then leave. This is the thing. We're only human, right? Everyone says, I'm only human. That's right. And so there's no shame when we fail. There's no shame when we get greedy. There's no shame at all for making mistakes. In fact, you should be grateful that you see that now. I've been talking about it for a long time. You know, our egos get the best of us. And then once we're empowered to do something, we want to jump on it and stay on it and be like, yeah, I'm the best. And it's like, no, somebody else can be the best too. We need that diversity. We need everyone to be able to come in, kind of like jury duty. Everybody has to take their turn in government. So this, this for everyone should be an amazing lesson to understand just how, you know, the human psyche works because humans are programmed in very specific ways. Hence why CRISPR is so terrifying. We talked about that in March. No need to delve into it. I've already told you biological software is the most intricate software there is. And so to have a great strategy, you have to be able to anticipate it. Anticipate how ambition goes out. Anticipate how ambition turns into ego. And I'm not saying this in a bad sense. This is nipping it in the bud really early. I sat and watched. And yes, valid arguments. Well, I think we should do this. And I think, well, no, I think you're supposed to only take this task to pull the cart out of the mud and help your fellow citizens. You're not supposed to be there to rule. You're supposed to be there to do one of the best things, okay? One of the best things. I don't understand why there are still people out there today, after all these four years, the five years that have transpired, that still are waiting for someone to help them. No one's going to save you. You're going to save yourself. Like I said, it's still there. We won. But everyone has to play their part. There's no movie if you don't play your part. I mean, there wouldn't have been a takeover and there wouldn't have been an EU if Hitler didn't play his part. If Hitler wasn't nudged the right way, if Hitler wasn't motivated the right way, if Hitler didn't get his drugs, if Hitler wasn't sent off the cliff, there would be no EU. There would be no globalists. You understand? You all have to play your part. Every single person has. Every single German that thought Hitler was doing great things by eliminating racists and oppressing people, kind of like what the Democrats are saying by you, that you're racist and they need to eliminate you. It's all been planned. It's the same book. You have to trust their plan. The plan they have is a, is a, is an, is a plan that they implement every hundred years without fail. Without fail. The past proves the future, always. And everything that I've been telling you since 2017 may have been relevant at the time, but hey, can you see the relevance right now? That's how it works. And so 
when you're looking to fix things, when you're looking to advance your community, always look at yourself. Remember that ego. And be in tune with that. And accept it. That there's that, what is that Native American thing? The wolf or the bear that's inside you? Damn, I keep forgetting. Um, you know, we all have that monster inside of us. And then we have a not-so-monster inside of us. You are, and the, well, whichever monster, good, bad monster, whatever you want to call it, right? If you feed the bad, that's going to dominate. You feed the good, that's going to dominate, right? The wolf, there it is. So we have two wolves. Which one are you going to feed? Because there's a lot of people right now, well, this should have happened, and I'm sitting here waiting for something to happen. And it's like, I think you belong on the left side of things then. Because that's what they're waiting for. They're waiting for someone to feed them. They're waiting for someone to hold their hand. They're waiting for someone to give them a house. They're waiting for someone to do something for them. But the people that do something for themselves inadvertently do something for you too. And that's the thing. Do want, what is the saying? Do to others as you would want others to do to you, right? Well, do to your community as you would want others to do your, to your community too. Ah, you know, I'm here to just say you had all the tools, you knew what was coming and yet boom. But if you look back, even though social media is trying to eradicate everything I have tweeted, everything I have stated, I mean, I lost that other YouTube channel, right? Um, I can tell you that if you look back, Throughout the years from 2017, I have been giving you every little single tool you need in that, in that toolbox of yours to be able to do what you need to do as a citizen. That, that's, my, that's my goal in having my shows to advise you of what the news are, have you look at it from a different perspective, and motivate you to do everything else. That's it. I will show you the ugly, I will show you the horrible. And I will also show you how much beauty is in all of that. So I don't doubt any one of you. This is going to be an extraordinary year. It is going to be the year of disappointment. And it starts now. And so as you can see, turning off your mainstream media on your TV is great. Watching that Twitter has removed you is even better for your soul too. Right? But now you need to really be careful who you follow because you're in a vulnerable position. The more you decide to turn off the media, the more secluded you are and the more into pockets you get. So it's important that you sit back and you watch. And you watch from an independent perspective. Watch and look and discern motivations. Look at the motivations. When people speak, when people say, look at the motivations, your president was never obscure with his motivation. He was clear. I want to give power back to you, the people. He was clear. I'm with you. He never said, you're with me. I'm with you. He wanted you to be proud of the rights that you hold, your inalienable rights, and showcase them and stand with them firm to maintain your nation. You know, 
like I said, you're going to see a lot of Republicans be pushing back toward Biden. Finally got a response from A.G. Yost in Ohio. I posted it in the Telegram group who basically said I wrote to, uh, you know, President Biden and told him I'm not with the whole China having control over and I'm going to step up for Ohioans. North Dakota came out with, we're going to refuse any executive orders or blah, blah, blah that Biden's doing what's important for our state because they know that they can be removed. And they're doing it for their seats, but they're doing and playing the role exactly the way they had to. Hence the prompt of me to Yost to write that to Biden. My, my prompt, it wasn't just me, right? Because this is where the 25th Amendment kicks off. This is where they remove him and slot in she-devil, right? This is what happens. Everybody plays their part. So when someone's playing their part and they're on stage and they're doing their part, how do you destroy their plot, right? Think of it like a cartoon. How do you destroy their plot? You pull the rug right from under them. And that's exactly how you win. You flip the tables. You make them lose their place in their lines while they're delivering them. And they're just like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. No. You just helped me go into the spot I needed. Why are you pulling the rug from under me? Because I knew that you were going to play that role. So therefore, I had this to counter it. You see? This is it. If you can anticipate what their plan is, if you trust the plan that they have, and then you help nudge it along two days ahead of schedule, then you can pull the rug right from under them. Think of it as a play. They're showcasing. La, la, la. Showcase. Picture it. You're the audience, and you're watching the play in front of you. How do you change the plot? How do you change the plot? You make them miss their line. How do you make them miss a line? You cut a sandbag from the top, maybe close the curtain, maybe have some babies start crying all together. Maybe, maybe, maybe. That's it. You flip the script on them, and then they're screwed. Then... They lost their place in their lines and their plan starts to go pear-shaped because they're only at the beginning of their plan, right? Re-implementation, right? Or yell fire. There you go, right? So this is what you're doing. What we're doing right now is flipping the script, unleashing Pandora's box in a way that is going to cause them some disruption and they have to answer. And while the whole world is watching, hmm, so be it. Uh, so on that note, I'm going to let you guys go. For those of you that are on Twitch, um, I'm going to pick a new raid. I know you guys like the lefty uh, you know, podcast. If we do enter into those, we should just go in there and raid, 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 and not say anything. And when they start giving hate, I want you to watch. You have to see how evil responds, and you have to know when to probe and prod. Like that other time that we you know, went into this lefty podcast and we were having a conversation. You have to see when they're open for conversation, when they're not. I pick these guys at random, but to be honest with you, I actually fancy some music today. So I think we need to raid some weird looking DJ thing. On that note, guys, uh, for those of you that aren't on Twitch, you should come along. It's, it's super fun. The raids are fun. Um, and I will see you guys tomorrow, same time, same place. Remember, I already know how it turns out. I already do.
But the thing is, everybody has to play their part. And um, the more people you get on board to play their part, more people, you know, when you have a play, the better the play, right? So yeah, that's what we got to do. Whatever it takes, right? For these, tripping in the world could be deemed a race. Everybody's circling in a spiritual race. Negative, nepotist. Everybody's waiting for the fallen man. Everybody's praying for the end of times. Everybody open the